morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T fam of this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Mario, also known as the Node Defender, is joining us. And we got the live chat out there as well, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how a brand new Goldman Sachs blockchain company is expanding payments into the USA. With a new partnership with the DTCC, we're going to explain how the Federal Reserve could be launching private blockchains that also allow us to public to profit off public currencies. That's a tongue twister, guys. We're also going to discuss some latest developments in the Ripple versus SEC case this morning, describing how these new documents could push us in favor of a settlement over the next few months. And with John Deaton revealing new details about the Coinbase versus SEC case, we break down the details, showing our community how crypto spot ETF products are inevitable in 2024. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So, guys, I'm sure you saw, you saw yesterday Janet Yellen had some groundbreaking statements in regards to stable coins and American regulation. But, Johnny, we're going to draw some very interesting XRP and XLM ties to those statements because spot products are inevitable and there's only one currency today that is not a security. So it's an exciting conversation. But first of all, how you feel, my friend? And thank you for being here. Thank you, Abs. I'm doing great. And good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love you. Appreciate you for showing up every single day. And you too as well, Mario. Great to see you. Yeah, Yellen said some interesting things. I can't wait to hop into it, my friend. Things yep. are changing, my friend. The winds are turning. The WWE heel turns keep coming, Abs. And Mario, we titled this episode with a warning because I seriously feel like we're on the precipice of crypto regulation getting passed, spot products being implemented, and everybody either having been invested or watching their friends profit. So we're going to break down some some very interesting projects, including new details on Chainlink today. But first of all, how you feel, Mario? Thanks for being here. Feeling great, Abs. Good morning, everyone. Hope you're all doing amazing out there. Yes, I am looking forward to discussing some of the stuff that we have going on today. So Happy to be here. Happy to be here with you, Abs, with Johnny and everybody that's watching now in the future and in the chat. Thank you, guys. And we already got 241 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day. When we check out some of our daily movers this morning, it is green bubbles across the board. We've got the market up about 2% on the day. And some of the red projects, Cardano is down about 3%. When we look at our total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at 1.65 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 51% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at $43,059. Ethereum is $23.71. Solana's 96 and XRP holding two quarters sitting at 50 cents. But guys, we got some exciting news to get into. I want to start off with this article. And Johnny, I'm going to kick it straight to you here. We're going to break down the Janet Yellen statements, but this article right here, ties into what she had to say yesterday. So Goldman Sachs-backed Finality is going to expand blockchain payments into the U.S. This London-based fintech firm, Finality International, is eyeing the United States market to expand its blockchain-based payment system following the successful launch in 2023. The startup, which is backed by some of the world's largest banks, settled its first live transaction this December. It involved a participant with the Bank of England, which held startup Omnibus account, can't pronounce that correctly, and commercial banks, including Lloyd's and UBS. We're about to turn our attention to the U.S., said the CEO. 
Among all our international markets, we're leaning towards the United States first. It's our first priority, and we're in the process of discussing our application with the Federal Reserve. Johnny Crypto, maybe this plays into why Janet Yellen is so excited about cryptocurrencies and the regulation that's on the forefront. Let me just remind people of some of the investors here as well before we get into the details. Look at this weird. Somebody messed with the camera angles yesterday. This is hilarious. But um, let me go back to some serious content. Goldman Sachs and BNP Paribas, which are two of the top 10 banks on the planet, both invested nearly $100 million into this project in November of 2023, Johnny. But here's what's really interesting. All of these backers are either based in the United States or have extensive operations in the U.S., making the country the natural target of expansion. That's, again, a statement from their CEO. All of our shareholders have businesses in the U.S., and they want this blockchain-based payments for the U.S. dollar transactions as well. That's a mic drop moment, Johnny Crypto. So with everything that we're going to be discussing later in today's episode, what's your reaction to this? private uh, bank-backed company launching their blockchain product in the United States. I mean, this is kind of what my concern always was from the beginning, from day one, is that there would be a private bank solution that's going to end up. And that's what I kind of thought would always happen. I always was concerned about it. And, you know, you better believe it. <laughs> if uh, Goldman Sachs, uh, or if you have these, these uh, I'm sorry, not Goldman Sachs, the, uh, the company behind it, being supported from London, coming to the U.S. and meeting with the Federal Reserve, that tells you something, Abs. That's something to be um, finality. Yeah, so the finality thing, which is, again, I believe a private blockchain that they are a private system that we can't invest in. No surprise that there was going to be a solution there that that's going to come across and that is going to be driven um, by some very powerful banking, you know, systems, if you will, or 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 companies that then are going to drive it and find its way into the U.S. You see that they had a successful launch with the Sterling. They did a Sterling launch, I think, in 2023, and that was successful. So uh, I'm sure the U.S. dollar is the next trial they'll do. They'll probably get, they'll most likely get uh, the Fed's approval to do a trial. Keep an eye on that. And that, you know, that could be the system that you know, maybe eventually replaces the SWIFT system. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But to me, it wouldn't be surprising to see some private system take the lead there. Mario, I'd love to get some thoughts before we roll into this Janet Yellen video because the topic of crypto regulation, it was a conspiracy only 12, 15 months ago, but we're sitting here today and now the most powerful players on the planet are saying, yeah, we're going to regulate stable coins, but we also need to address crypto spot products as well. So I think it's inevitable, but what's your reaction to the Goldman Sachs news and private blockchains coming to the United States? Yeah, I've always I felt I felt this for a while that uh, I don't think that there's anything stopping these bigger banks or bigger financial institutions from creating a private product, right? Something that we as small investors wouldn't have access to. And I know that blockchain technology is here to stay. I know that crypto is here to stay. And I don't think that there's anything preventing from the banks from grabbing blockchain, creating something private, something that we don't have access to, right? And and running with it. And if the moment we have big, like the big banks around the world, you know, Goldman Sachs, as you discussed, but the moment that we have like the JP Morgans and the Bank of America's kind of pick one and go with it, that is the moment where it's going to be massive, mass adopt, adopted because it's going to be put in the hands of, of all these people. And I know that with uh, regards to Ripple specifically, they have a ton of products that they've been de developing over the past few years and they've got customers 
uh, around the world. But I don't think we should be ruling out the possibility for something like this happening and, and it being completely private. And at the same time, giving power to the government, right? Because it's going to allow them to do what they want to do with CBDCs. And it's going to be private on their side, but public from them being able to trace us and see everything that we're doing on the blockchain. So I'm not surprised to see that. And I wouldn't be surprised to, to, to find out one day in the future if that's the type of system that ends up replacing you know, uh, currency and, and becomes the main system for banks to transact. You make a great point, Mario, that right now there's tons of incentive for governments and central banks to want blockchain technology. And so whether it's Ripple, whether it's Ethereum, they get access to a lot more data and a lot more information. And of course, that means a lot more control, guys. But we're going to be discussing Janet Yellen's crypto statements from yesterday because yesterday the U.S. Uh, Secretary of the Treasury for the United States was announcing that she believes crypto regulation isn't only necessary, it should be addressed by Congress this year. Here we go. And Congress should pass legislation to provide for the regulation of stable coins and of the spot market for crypto assets that are not securities. We look forward to continuing to engage with Congress on this. With this overview, I look forward to taking your questions on these. And so, Johnny, we are going to break down a little bit of a longer form article here, but the summary is the Congress is being called upon to create crypto regulation. And this is something that we've been debating on our show for it feels like years now. Why hasn't Congress stepped in? Because there was no incentive for them to do so. Now we're sitting here and watching the market change before our eyes. We've got projects like Solana doing a 250% gain in four months. We've got Bitcoin having a spot product launched in the USA. Ethereum ETF will be addressed this May, and I think that's going to be great for other altcoins as well. But what's your initial reaction to Janet Yelling stating, we need crypto regulation, not only for stablecoins, but for spot products in the USA? Yeah, so at the end of the day, Abs, you know, this is what I call, where is it? This is another famous WWE heel turn where we're seeing, you know, first we had Larry do the turn. Now we got Yellen do the turn. I'm just waiting for Jamie to do the turn. I think it's going to be a while before Jamie does the turn. But we've got the heel turn. You now have, you see that the winds have changed. The turn has changed. You asked why hasn't Congress done anything. They haven't done anything because they really haven't been asked to do anything. Now they have officially from the, the chair there. You got Yellen saying it too. And so the reality is you're going to see now because she's asking Congress to do it. Now Congress is going to start to look into it. Now you'll stop. But they're not going to do, I don't think that this is going to be for, for altcoins, right? This is strictly going to be for stable coins. That's going to be step one, right? We know how they feel about altcoins. They hate altcoins. They're not going to be promoting and finding solutions, I don't think. Now, maybe some point they will. Maybe spot coins will be a follow-up later on. My suspicion is, this first round of legislation will be tightly constrained to spot, uh, sorry, to uh, stable coins. I think that's what you're going to get. That makes sense because having us think about it, if they want to use crypto or a blockchain for uh, the payment system, it has to be a stable coin. They want something that's not going to move. And so they're going to say, give us regulation around how to do a stable blockchain. Uh, then they'll they'll do some kind of USD version of that, just the way they did the sterling, right? As they talked about there in that example. And then they'll go and they'll trial it. So my suspicion is that's what you're going to see. Will we ever get an altcoin one? Maybe you'll hear about it. Will it be part of this one? I highly doubt it. Will it be part of a second one? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. There's a big argument right now about the possibility of the automated market maker changing the way that people think about XRP, Johnny. And this morning we got another update as the automated market maker for XRP 
will not be implemented on February 14th. So this is the update from this morning. Justin, the automated market maker has fallen below the 80% voting threshold to pass on the XRPL. The launch that was scheduled for February 14th is officially off, guys. And I put the broken heart emoji because it is Valentine's Day that day. So, Johnny, I just wanted to get some thoughts. When we talk about the automated market maker and all the positive aspects of this, it has to get passed. And people people are acting like once we reach that 80% voting threshold, we can't go below that mark. That's exactly what happened here. I think this will be implemented at some point during this year, probably around late summer. But it's going to take some educating from the community for them to understand why this is so important. And we can break that down later in the episode. But give me your reaction. Automated market makers not going to be passed in a couple of weeks. People are disappointed. What's your reaction? Well, I mean, that's why they have this two-week window, right? When they when they tell people that um, it's past the 80% mark, everybody gets excited on day one. But what people don't realize is it has to hold it above that for two weeks for it to be real. So the reality is nobody, you know, it, we, we want to make sure that when we report that, we're reporting, again, this goes back to the same conversation I have with utility. There's the start of utility, there's the middle utility, and there's full-blown utility. There's the start of the vote, the beginning of the vote, the end of the vote. If you don't get past the two weeks above 80%, the vote means nothing. So the reality is, you know, people get excited about it, but don't get excited until the time limit's over. I mean, the game is still being played. It's like getting excited because your team's winning football 7 nothing in the first quarter. Who gives a shit? Don't matter. Tell me what the score is at the end of the fourth quarter. That's all that matters. And when this vote was, was happened, that was at the beginning of the first quarter. And obviously we're not. Now, the interesting thing is they could still change that, right? I believe. Well, I don't know. What I don't know is now that it dropped below 80, if it goes above 80, does the does the two-week count start again, right? Which I think it, it does. It starts fresh. It starts fresh. So, so we have to wait again to see. We need to understand why they pulled out, why they dropped below. That means probably some of the validators felt that something wasn't right about the proposal that they didn't like, and they want something tweaked. But the point is we're pretty close, Abs. If we hold around 77%, that kind of tells you there's only a few validators that maybe something needs to get solved for them before they put change their vote. We'll have to wait and see how that goes. But 77 tells me we're getting much closer. You asked the question, will it ever happen? I think if, if we're at 77, I think that's pretty damn close, which tells me that, yes, I think at some point in time, probably in the relatively near future, maybe the next three to six months, if it doesn't happen now, we'll eventually get it if we're that close. Mario, I'd love to just give you the open yep. floor and then we'll continue. Yeah, absolutely. I remember for the XLS20 when when they were pushing for the NFTs and in the XRPL, we also saw the same thing. We saw that threshold come to the consensus percentage come to that threshold where it would pass and then it came back down and they had to make make some amendments before it would pass. So I think this is a I think this is the same scenario. I I believe that the majority of people, especially the the validators, they see the benefit and uh, of having the this pass so th there's probably something and i would love to uh dig a little bit deeper and understand why they're they're saying no why they're changing their vote and some of the other ones that are saying no but there's got to be a reason why they're doing it and it's most likely like what they did with, with like i said with the xls 20d so i think it's just going to be a matter of time but but i do believe that there is a general consensus that that it's beneficial and that it will get approved and passed at some point and we already got 433 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. In today's episode, we're going to talk about ownership and tokenization of all your assets, whether that's your car, your house, or anything else that exists in the real world, Johnny. All of these assets are going to be tokenized and implemented into our banking system. This is a man who explains that whole process very well. Not only why the banks are incentivized to create these products, but why it's going to benefit people like us. Here we go. So immediate transfer of ownership 
of an asset. It's as simple as that. That doesn't happen today. The world is built on credit. So I can trade with you now and immediately transfer that ownership. And it will be confirmed on a blockchain within 12 seconds. That's hugely powerful. Why is that so powerful? It makes, it opens up the world, uh, sorry, the world market to a much wider community. If you can envision the future where everyone who has an Amazon account, perhaps everyone who has a Meta account or a WhatsApp account or whatever can access those markets and trade in small size. So the fractionalization is hugely powerful. We still have a lot of gated communities in financial markets, and we're going to break those down. It also makes all of us and all of the institutions hugely more capital efficient, right? You can deploy your capital second to second, minute to minute, rather than day to day. I mean, it's unfathomable today that you still, you know, I've had it just this week personally, you know, you transfer money somewhere and you wait three to five days because they use backs rather than chats or something. And Johnny, we can even, we'll play the end of this, but we can even implement this into our paychecks, right? Why do we wait till Friday? It's because the banking system's slow. It's not because the money isn't there till Friday. And I think that once we have blockchain implementation into our everyday banking system, you're going to clock in and you're going to get value in your bank while you're at work. And you'll leave the day with however much money you make $200 a day. You're not going to wait till Friday to collect $1,000. Every single day when you clock out, that $200 will be in your bank account. You can apply that to banks at a trillion dollar scale as well. Right now, the whole financial system is segregated because of the way we transfer value. It's so simple. The debate isn't, are they going to adopt these technologies? The debate is, which blockchain will they choose? And that's what we're trying to figure out every day on this show, guys. But Johnny, I'd love to give you a chance to respond and we'll kick it to Mario. You know, Abs, it's too costly to be able to operate today um, with settlement times taking three to five days. It's, it's impossible to operate. Um, efficiently and correctly that you the way you could with a 12 second instantaneous solution and that's what he was trying to explain there and and he just didn't do a good job of explaining it was at the end of the day if i can if i can settle a transaction with you in 12 seconds and i don't have to wait for the banks to actually settle that up three days later that is huge and what nobody understands is all the stuff we're talking about I'll just keep repeating this over and over again because I've said it many times on the show. It's all behind the scenes. It's all back end stuff that most people won't see on the front end. Nobody's going to care. Nobody cares. You know, when I send you money today on Zelle or Cash App, it looks like it's in your account today, but it's really not. From a bank's perspective, it still takes a couple of days for them to settle that all out. All right. And so that has a cost, an associated cost to it. And, and because of those costs, it prevents certain things from being able to happen. That could happen much more efficiently and maybe new products and services and solutions that could come out when you have an instantaneous uh, settlement. And that's what we're going to see, as he just talked about. Imagine your Amazon account being able to do things or what the example you just gave of being able to put money in your account instantaneously every day. If a bank try, if, if our companies tried to pay us on a daily basis, that would think of the nightmare that would be if you got paid today, but it took three days you know, for a settlement to happen. And then tomorrow you get paid again and it's another three days for that one. And then the next day you get paid again, it's another three days. Think of the disaster, the the handling of the back end that the system needs to try to figure out on paper. It would just never happen. It can't, it can't happen. Um, but, but when a system like this comes in place, yes, you could envision potentially getting paid daily. Another thing I want to point out, Mario, is that we talk about blockchains like XRP and XLM, but look at the other market caps, Chainlink, Quant Network. There's plenty of solutions that are, 
basically trying to find banks a way to transfer value that isn't going to hinder what they're doing right now. Whereas with Ripple, you have to overhaul your entire system and start moving your payments through an entirely different network. There are aggregates like Quant that allow you to plug into your SWIFT system, take that data and implement it onto a blockchain basically seamlessly. So there's a lot of competing products in the market today. It's not like we're pigeonholed on a single idea. There's a ton of emerging ideas. And I do think not one's going to win. I think there's going to be at least five or six different blockchains that are getting tons of daily volume when it comes from the banks. But give me your thoughts and we'll continue with the video of John Deaton. Yeah, you're right, Ab. There's a lot of there's a lot of players out there that, that are offering these products. I just think that the, the problem here is the fact that the financial system is going to move, is going to upgrade very slowly. There's so many different prongs to the financial system. And especially when we talk about the world's financial system, like in the US with ACH, yesterday I did a, a transfer from one bank account in the morning. And same day, free ACH, it was available that same day in, in the destinations bank account. And so outside of the US or cross borders, that's where that's where we still have a lot of issues. So I definitely think that we're moving in that direction, but it's going to be slow and methodical just because of how complex the financial system is. And they've got these ancient like stuff like Swift, they've got these these systems and processes, especially within banks. And so I think that it's going to take some time. I would hope to see it on a public blockchain type of scenario, uh, just because obviously as, as investors, we would take advantage of that. We'd be able to participate. But um, let's see Let's see what happens. I mean, I think we're moving in that direction nonetheless. I, I just think that it's going to be because of all the different prongs and all the different mechaniz mechanisms involved, it's going to take some time. Mario, I want to go right back to you for some comments here because I'm showing this illustration of how Ripple's cross-border payment solution works because right now we know this for a fact. 50% of the transactions that take place in Ripple payments are done in XRP. I think it's actually 51 or 52%. So when we look at an illustration like this, it's very simple for people to understand why is XRP valuable to the banks? You, you take your US dollar, you go into XRP for a moment, and you transact it into another fiat currency. You can't do that today in the banking system. It's very, very simple. So I think when these types of products are implemented, it's going to create an opportunity for people like us to make a lot of money. But Johnny, one of the things I wanted to talk about as well with this Janet Yellen video, and I'm just going to regurgitate what she said. She urged Congress to pass legislation and provide clarity in the crypto markets during the Financial Hearings Committee below. This is the quote. Congress should pass legislation to provide for the regulation of stablecoins and of the crypto spot market for crypto assets that are not securities. This is my input. XRP is not a security, guys. That is a matter of law in the United States. So I think when these applications are dealt with in May, we've got BlackRock's, Fidelity's, ARK Invest. They all have Ethereum spot ETF applications coming up this May, Johnny Crypto. If those are approved, I find it very difficult for the SEC to come up with a legitimate reason to deny an XRP spot ETF product. And so I'm going to give you the floor. I don't know if you have any input from there, but I can add some more context. What are, what are some of your thoughts in regards to the Ethereum ETF applications putting pressure on the SEC to approve an XRP one when it inevitably emerges? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think we may be reading a little too deep into that because we like XRP. I think the reality is what she was saying in her comments right there is obviously stable coins, which we just said earlier. And she says very carefully, read that spot market of crypto assets that are not securities and, I, and and let me translate what i think she means she means bitcoin and maybe she means ethereum in there because her buddies have all you know said ethereum's got a free pass um it's xrp was never the only reason why xrp in our minds is deemed not a security is because of the the actual lawsuit right so from that perspective we will make the argument 
But remember, there's a piece of XRP, the institutional part, that was deemed a security. So is she going to say, well, XRP is partly a security and not a security? Who knows? Because you could take the argument and say, well, institutional sales you know, were deemed a security for XRP. And then we know the secondary sales are not deemed a security. And if you're buying XRP in the event of a, an ETF, is that going to be part of institutional sales? You see what I mean? So my point is they can spin the narrative any way they want. My point is I think what she's talking about there is Bitcoin. She was very, very smart to not say that, though. And she just said, you know, crypto assets that are not a security. Well, that doesn't help us. What does that mean? Right. We, we, we don't know. So at the end oh, of the day. Well, I got to bring the facts. You're bringing you're talking conspiracy. Let's talk about the facts. Johnny Crypto XRP is not a security. That's a matter of law in the United States. Oh, so. XRP institutional sales is a security. So you got to be careful when you that's a fact also. So what are we talking about? Wait, institutional sales? Or secondary sales, let's just be careful and remember that the facts are true in both cases. Well, let's debate how a spot product is offered, right? And this is why we got to talk about evidence, guys, because if we're talking about a spot product existing in the USA, those all of those tokens are purchased from third parties. Companies like Grayscale would go out to Coinbase, they'd go out to Crypto.com to buy their XRP or whatever currency they're purchasing in theory, and then put it on their book. So basically, it's not a security as a matter of law, even within this lawsuit. It's a nuanced argument, and I feel like you're making it more complicated by saying institutional sales. What they're really debating was the initial institutional sales. So if we're talking about Ripple Ripple profiting off the initial sales of XRP to put that money into their company, that's what's being debated in court, not whether XRP sales to an institution are considered a security. So just to clarify, what, what's your response there? No, I think that's a fair, I think that's a fair response. And at the end of the day, all I'm saying is. Just be careful because we know how they manipulate scenarios. We know how they manipulate words. We know how things are treated. But I do agree in the sense where if these are going to be, if the spots are going to be strictly bought off of, let's say, a Coinbase, then yes, absolutely. We could, we could say that the XRP in that event is not a security. Mario, give me your take. Which side of the debate do you choose? Do you think, are you leaning more towards Johnny? Are you leaning more towards myself? I also want to defer towards the live chat as well. We got 501 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This person says, hello from Ireland. Hello from Tampa, my friend. But <laughs> on a more serious note, if you agree with what Johnny's saying, throw a one in the live chat. If you agree with what I'm saying, put a two in the live chat. I'm not Mario, so sure you mean with your green. I'm not, I'm not saying. All I was saying is there's two different rulings, and you have to just keep both in mind. But I am saying, just for the record, if they're going to be buying those off an exchange, then it is not considered security. So we're saying the same thing. So I'm not sure. There's really nothing there. To vote against because we're saying the same thing. I thought your take was uh, it wasn't going to be implemented because XRP is not a security. And my take no. was because no. of secondary sales. No, no, okay. that is not my interpretation at all. I'm not saying that at all. And I'll clarify that again. What I was saying was there were two different rulings. One said the institutional sales of XRP, the way they handled them, was considered a security. Now, in the event of being purchased off of an exchange, we all know it is not a security in that sense. I'm just saying, remember, because of the other ruling, don't be surprised if you hear some of the elites manipulating the story. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I see what Johnny is saying. I see what Abs is saying. But I think that Ripple, knowing this, and, and not just Ripple, but other blockchain companies, now they kind of know what to do and what, and what not to do. But I think it's, it's yeah. very sad that three years later, here we are three years later after this lawsuit started, and... In a nutshell, we still don't know what's what what the deal is. Like we still don't know 
we still don't know how how blockchain or crypto is is in reality classified. And I know that we've got the law that XRP is in in and of itself in 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 the secondary market is not a security, but there's still a lot of uncertainty. I feel like I feel like there's still a lot of hesitation from companies and from partnerships happening in the United States. And I would really like for Congress, I, I keep saying this, but I would really like for Congress and for real detailed laws to come out so that these these companies can can proceed to work in the United States and for this clarity to finally happen. But I think it's a step in the right direction, don't get me wrong, but there's still so much there's still so much confusion as to what is a security, what is not. And I know that we have the the the, the ruling from XRP, but I still feel like people are still confused. Even, you know, Congress. That's my that and that exactly is my point, Mario's. Don't be surprised because you have both rulings that they manipulate it. That's what I'm trying to say. Don't say, people say I'm going in circles. No, I am saying there are two different rulings, a fact, and don't be surprised if those get misinterpreted. Fact. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. But I do, agree, I do agree with you, Abs. In terms of the actual spot coins and being able to buy them, they should, you know, if they're buying them off of Coinbase and things like that, yes, that should hold under the ruling of XRP is not a security. That's correct. I don't disagree with you on that. And let's hear from John Deaton, guys, because John Deaton was sitting on stage with Anthony Scaramucci elaborating on the Ripple lawsuit. And these guys, he's a Bitcoin maxi. I'll throw that label out there for him because even when he talks about other currencies, he does hold AVAX, he does hold Solana. But the way that he discusses Bitcoin is as if it's in a class of its own. Let's hear what John Deaton had to say about the Ripple lawsuit while on stage with Anthony Scaramucci. A hundred percent. You made the perfect uh, comment about a check on an autocratic agency. In the Ripple case that I talked about earlier, the federal judge said, quote, the SEC lacks faithful allegiance to the law. Then in grayscale, they were denied a Bitcoin spot ETF. They sued and the District Court of Appeals came back and said that it was arbitrary and capricious that you were denying investors the right to a spot ETF while you were approving a futures ETF. The same rationale applies. Boom. And I want to apply that argument to the Ripple conversation we had prior, Johnny, because what's the rationale going to be for this argument alone? Let's play some hypotheticals. If the SEC gets that application for Ethereum in May and they accept BlackRock and they accept Dark Invest and they accept 21 shares, how are they going to sit there and deny a grayscale BlackRock 21 shares application for many of these other altcoins? Because let's break down the facts. The Ethereum consensus organization owns 70% of the circulating tokens. As much as we call Ripple the banker coin, when you look at the connections between Ethereum and the banks, there's more connections to the American banks and Ethereum than there is to Ripple and the American banks. Now, there's more connections to the World Economic Forum and Ripple, and that's a separate discussion. When you're talking about the American banking system, Ethereum has far more ties. So I just said a lot. I want to get your, your open take. How are they going to deny an XRP product or any other altcoin when they're set to approve Ethereum this May? But Abs, you're forgetting Ethereum is sufficiently decentralized. It doesn't matter that it's 70% because your man, Bill Hinton, came out and said it is sufficiently decentralized. And so there you go. So anyway, that's how they're going to do it, Abs. You're, you're trying to hold rational logic to something that isn't treated that way. We already know the SEC is not operating ethically. So why do you think all of a sudden they will start doing that now? That is the question you have to really ask yourself. I'm not so sure they will or they won't. The spotlight is on them. But we've seen in the past they could do whatever they want. So you ask the question, Johnny, how are they gonna how are they gonna 
I think what you're trying to ask is how are they going to say yes to an Ethereum spot and then no to an XRP spot or any other altcoin spot, right? Is that kind of the, the gist, gist of your question? Here's my whole thing is that even when it came to the Bitcoin product and John Deaton's example was great, they used, a th they used the futures product as an excuse to get a spot product launch. Well, we already have futures for Ethereum. And I think if they approve a spot product for Ethereum, it's undeniable that you're going to be able to launch it for these other currencies. That's kind of my my point and the logic behind it. And here's why I think they're going to change their opinion. Cause you, you said a great question. Why would the sec change their stance now? Because the lobbyists behind them, the big companies who move money in this country are now excited or ready to profit off of these technologies. And the SEC's totally failed when it came to regulating these, these crypto assets through exchanges. We Thank called you. that narrative two years ago. They can't go after 22,000 projects. They can go after seven major exchanges and they just, they lose to Grayscale. They lose to Coinbase. They settle with Kraken and come after them again. So they've hurt their reputation dramatically. And I think we're getting to a point, and I know I've said a lot, where Gary Gensler's term is going to end in the next 12 months. Yeah. When Gary Gensler's out of office, there is going to be a change at the SEC, whether they're talking heads or not, right? So uh, floor is yours, and we'll kick it to Mario. Yeah, so I think in, in, in the event of the same logic that was applied to BTC, it has the future products. They gave them the future, right? And they gave them the ETF. They said, you can't do one without the other. The same logic you would think will hold up true for Ethereum. They've already got the futures out there. Hinman already said it's sufficiently decentralized and it's already been deemed not a security, right? The SEC has not come out. Geary refuses to answer the question as to whether or not ETH is a security or not. But you've got the logic that there's a future thing already out there. Hinman said it's not a security. It's sufficiently decentralized. Until any of that changes, logically, yes, you would expect the ETH, uh, the ETH ETF to get approved. To me, I think there's there's no question about that. That's coming. the The SEC is going to lose that argument because they already lost it on Bitcoin. Why would they even fight it? Now, the next question is: Now you turn your sights to altcoins. Well, the question is: All right, what altcoins are out there? Which ones already have futures? And then will will you know will that same argument kind of hold water? Now, you've already heard, you know, Brad say that, well, even Brad knows he's got an unfriendly office there in the making in terms of doing an IPO with Ripple. So I don't think we'll see that. But will we see an XRP ETF? Well, that's going to be up to the other entities, you know, the financial institutions, if they want to take the chance and roll the dice on it, because they can make the argument that XRP is not a security. And so maybe they go forward with it and maybe we see that happening. But we'll have to wait and see how that whole thing plays out. The point is, they can manipulate any story they want, as we've saw Hinman do apps. And that's why it's hard to say. It's hard to apply logic to something that doesn't operate with logic. Does that make sense? It does. And I want to kick it to Mario, too, because Mario, it seems like me and Johnny, first of all, shout out to my man. I wouldn't want to debate with anybody else on this channel. We got 535 live listeners here. Show us some love and smash that like button. Mario, this is a little bit of evidence to why we could see a spot Bitcoin, sorry, spot XRP product even in the job listed on their website, Ripple is looking for a senior manager for business development in New York. They are going to be driving crypto-related ETF initiatives, as well as speaking to relative partners about tokenized real-world assets. This is on the job application. So obviously these conversations are happening within the company. How does that factor into the conversation me and Johnny just had for you? I mean, that's certainly an indication, but I did want to bring up something. January 10th, you know, the I believe that the SEC's agenda political financial agenda got exposed with the approval of all the bitcoin etf applications which only really took place in my opinion because of the parties involved because of blackrock because there was there was um 
they were reluctant to accept them before. They were reluctant to work with Grayscale, who already had a, a, a Bitcoin product. And their political agenda is going to continue to get exposed when the Ethereum ETF, spot ETF gets approved. Because it will, because now we've got BlackRock. So now that we've got that agenda exposed, they went after Ripple specifically. That was an agenda. They've said that Ethereum was sufficiently decentralized. They've called other cryptocurrencies securities. So I think that we're coming to a point where we're going to see whether they, they are. If, if BlackRock applies for an XRP ETF, then things kind of change. But for me right now, I'm kind of seeing that the big players are siding with Bitcoin and Ethereum, and they might be against XRP. I hope I'm wrong, but that's the feeling that I get because they reveal that their agenda is with Bitcoin and Ethereum. And until until I get something, until I get a sign that it could be different, that's what I'm kind of looking for. Thank you so much, Johnny. And your DMs are very, very funny when I check them live on air. Guys, look at this latest update as well when we're talking about Ripple, because earlier this week, we covered some news from a Ripple employee that stated this. An announcement's coming as Ripple payments are launching in 2024 inside the USA. After being relatively quiet for the past three years in the United States for Ripple payments, we're geared up to announce a new product update powered by our money transmitter licenses that cover the majority of the U.S. So I wanted to show our listeners a tweet that I put out on January 17th before that article and update even emerged, Johnny Crypto, where Ripple confirmed approval in 31 U.S. states for a money transmitter license with 31 money transmitter licenses across the U.S. Four major states that do not have them are California, New York, Texas, and Florida. This is setting the stage for crypto adoption. Ripple's global reach extends into Singapore as well as they received a regulatory green light in June of 2023. 31 states inside the U.S. have given approval to Ripple for these payment products. And now we've got their head of product marketing making this announcement on LinkedIn. I think it's only safe to assume we can draw some connections here, guys. On-demand liquidity, instant payments. The conversation is not only starting in the U.S., the products are being implemented here, Johnny Crypto. So, what do you think? Is there any validity to this? These are just, I'm just showing you stats. I'm not even stating the conspiracy behind this. 31 money transfer license. Ripple employee also confirms US payments. They're coming very soon. Yeah. I mean, look at the, the part you have highlighted in yellow there, Abs. I think it's very exciting. After being relatively quiet for the past three years in the US for Ripple payments, we're getting, and we've said this, we've said that they were smart. They were pushed out of the US. They knew the SEC uh, lawsuit had hurt them and they weren't able to have conversations with companies. So what did they do? Brilliant. They were smart. They said, hey, we'll go plant seeds outside the U.S. I freaking love it. 90% of their stuff is outside the U.S. Now the doors are open for them to play in the U.S. So they now got somewhat, this is going to sound weird, but to some degree, they almost have an advantage if they penetrate the U.S. Because not only will they end up winning a good chunk of the U.S. market, they've already got their seeds planted in the rest of the world. Had they not gotten lawsuit, the lawsuit on them, they would have been focusing entirely in the U.S. and not done anything outside of the U.S., right? Now, if they're able to catch up, and this is the key, if, if they're able to catch up and start penetrating and winning some business in the U.S., they will have a huge advantage because not only, not only will they have the U.S., they've also got the rest of the world with seeds of plan. They're in a really, really good position now, and for them, they should. As If I were the CEO of that company, I would be doing the same thing. I'd be pushing and saying, Go get me as much business in the U.S. as you can now that the monkey is off our backs. And that's exactly what they're doing. I'm happy to see them doing it. And, and anybody who has you know, a stake in XRP should be happy to see. And also Ripple, the company, too, as a whole. If you end up owning Ripple through Link2, you can buy it through there as well. That's also another good sign of having owning a little bit of both, both Ripple, the company, 
and XRP to coin because they are two different things. Johnny, one quick follow-up for you here, because for a long time, we talked about the connections between Bank of America and XRP on this show. Two years ago, when we first started the show, we used to show a patent on this show from Bank of America discussing how XRP had some utility. Now, we obviously explained that doesn't mean they're going to be implementing the product, but the fact that there were documents showing that Bank of America understands this technology and is a public partner of Ripple while they were being sued at the SEC, the question that I have for you is if we see some of these products being implemented in the USA, do you think it's possible that Bank of America could be one of the first companies using Ripple products? Oh, yeah. I mean, certainly it wouldn't be inconceivable, especially if not only, you know, especially if when they filed the patent, if they were actually maybe in the background doing some tests and trial with them, then absolutely. But I don't have any insight to know if they were, you know, what kind of tests they were doing, if they were doing with Ripple on there. Remember, in a patent, just because you call out a technology or a company within that, it doesn't mean you're working with that company. Uh, we do it all the time. We write patents and we call, we, we point to examples of different technologies and different companies in there. We don't have relationships with a lot of them. So I just want to caution everybody to not just jump and say, oh, we saw a patent. We saw Bank of America. We saw the word Ripple in there and they're partners. Just don't do that because that's not how patents work. And that's all we want to clarify for everybody. But, it, it, you know, but certainly from a partnership perspective, that's a whole different ballgame. If they've got a partnership with them and they're working on trials in the background, you know, those are going to be other, under NDAs, Ab. And so you're not going to uh, necessarily get to know the details of the partnerships and the things that they're testing and trialing because they're typically obviously kept confidential because of the NDA. And obviously, we're talking about the Bank of America partnership because of what we saw last October, where they were doing a presentation over in Europe, and they announced that they had 500 partners worldwide, and Bank of America was at the top of the list. And the person giving the presentation even said, as you can see, Bank of America is at the top of the list. Well, this is the patent that we were just talking about, Johnny Crypto, where I believe this was filed in 2019 at Bank of America. And I'm just going to zoom in on the one important part for our listeners, where they address Ripple's distributed uh, ledger technology, and they use the Ripple symbol right here. They're talking about interledger payments, interledger protocol, and how this could be very helpful when converting currencies into one another. So in this example, a digital SDG, well, let's just use SDR, for example. They're converting that and then sending it into another currency. That's what we talk about every single day. So they're basically just highlighting a real use case. And it's no surprise at all that one of the biggest payment providers on the planet understands Ripple's products, right? Yeah, that. so so if I were writing that patent, right? I'm in technology. If I were writing that patent and I had used that example just like they did there, at the time, Let's say there was maybe only one or two um, companies that did real-time payments, right? XRP, Ripple being one of them at the time. Then that would be something I would probably include in my patent and say, hey, something like the Ripple technology could be a solution here. It doesn't mean I have to go and use Ripple because I'm calling them out in this patent. It just means I'm defining the way I'm defining my claim or what I'm trying to show is, an example of a real-time payment solution. And this may be one example of it. Now, could they go use it too? Of course they could. Uh, but it just means what they're trying to show is in that space where you had it circled there, they're showing that that would be a similar type solution of what they're trying to use as an example for solving that particular piece of the equation there and using you know something like a Ripple system for the real-time settlement solution. Now, what's really important is you have to go down into the actual claims of the patent and see what they actually claim. You know, are they and 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 and, and that really will tell you, you know, what they're looking for. We could go into patent reading if you guys want to do that. It's really really exciting and I'm sure you guys are going to love staying up reading 20 pages of a patent. I'm kidding by the way. Patents are not exciting to read. 
I agree yeah. with you, Johnny. And the last thing I want to do is make this show feel like an episode of high school right now. That's right. No homework that's, that's for our listeners. Like. <laughs> we do the homework in this class. You guys don't have to. But Mario, we already got 530 listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And just to close out that Bank of America conversation, we got a bunch of other interesting topics to get into. And we've broken down a lot of Hedera information earlier this week as well. So towards the end of the show, I just want to let our listeners know we're going to talk about some other things besides XRP. So comment in the live chat. Are you interested in Chainlink, Solana, Quant Network, VeChain? We have articles for all those, but I want to go to the ones that our listeners are interested in. So Mario, just to close out that conversation as well, building the Ripple and Bank of America were in the same building in San Francisco, but they moved their headquarters and now they're in separate buildings. So they were in the same building for quite a while, but as of 2023, they are now in separate buildings. So floor is yours and we'll move on. Yeah, I think Ripple has been doing a lot of things right. And uh, I, I believe that Ripple can continue to expand, and, and especially in the United States, if they create products that not only are beneficial to banks, what they've been doing, obviously, but that also comply with the laws and that also comply with the government. And they've been going that direction. I mean, they've been, we've heard a lot of news with regards to AML and some of the stuff that they've, they're adopting. And they're, they've acquired Medico. So they're, they're, creating solutions for for the you know for having the crypto assets so i think they're going in the right direction and you know some of these patents using ripple as an example is a huge indication but you know we have to keep an eye and see what what developments happen i would really be excited to see you know partnerships happen more in the united states as opposed to the rest of the world like we've been seeing Johnny Crypto, we are going to get into this video right here of Obama talking about cryptocurrencies and comparing it to a Swiss bank account. Now, here's something I just want to have a chat about on air. I posted this video and then literally within five minutes, one of the biggest accounts on Twitter copy and posted this same exact video. And I thought, is that a compliment or should I be insulted, Johnny? They just copied my content, same exact captions and everything. And I'm only making jokes this morning, but I do want to get into this clip right here of Obama because Obama is talking about how he understood cryptocurrency back in 2017. And he talks about nefarious activities. It's more of the same from these politicians when they talk about crypto. But let's hear what Obama had to say and discuss it. Here we go. If, in fact, you can't crack that at all, government can't get in, then everybody's walking around with a Swiss bank account in their pocket. We now have to ask is if technologically it is possible to make an impenetrable device or system where the encryption is so strong that there's no key, there's no door at all, then how do we apprehend, how do we solve uh, a or disrupt a terrorist plot? What mechanisms do we have available to even do simple things like tax enforcement? Because if, in fact, you can't crack that at all, government can't get in, then everybody's walking around with a a Swiss bank account in their pocket. And that was the beginning of the clip that I had just showed Johnny Crypto. I'm going to give you the open floor and we'll discuss it. What's your immediate reaction? So I was the first question is, did they actually retweet yours or did they just hijack it? They, they hijacked, hijacked it. it. Yeah, hijack. you know that happens a lot on Twitter. It really does. Like people hijack stuff instead of retweet. It's a damn shame, but uh, it it is what it is. Uh, but you know, listen again. So people are gonna get on me because I I keep it real, abs. I keep it real and tell the truth here. Because guys, if you keep it real, 
you can actually invest better and not have all this fake hopium. If you want fake hopium, you're watching the wrong show. We are not going to give you fake hopium here. Sorry, guys. Sorry to disappoint you. We just keep it real because that that's going to help you make the better decisions investment-wise. You know, listen, Obama's got – he's got some truth. There is some truth to that part of it. No question about it. That like, Yes, if you had this impenetrable system that nobody could get in, then, yes, it would be used for nefarious activities. There's no question about that. But so, you know, right now, the dollar, you could argue also, is something that to some degree, if you're handling cash, cash to cash, that's also – a Swiss bank account. And by the way, why do Swiss bank accounts exist to start with? So it is funny, the hypocrisy there at the end of so the day. I want, here's the stuck out to me, Johnny, is why is it every time we have these discussions, it always just goes in a negative direction? It's like, why, with all the possibilities, yeah. all the Notice positive, that. it makes no sense that he's focusing on, because we know this for a fact now, guys, this is, this is data from the U.S. government. Less than 0.1% of all the activity in crypto is illegal or illicit activity. There's not that much money in crypto. So why, when we talk about the Chinese yuan or the euro or the U.S. dollar, we never navigate into the discussions of, well, how much of it is being used for drug money? Because they don't care. This is a selected narrative they're using to paint a very specific picture that, oh, why wouldn't you want your money to be practical? You don't pay taxes. Actually, it's so that when I put $100 into the bank, I know it's there. When I go into the bank right now, let's say, let's use big numbers, right? If I wanted to deposit $250,000 from my small bank right up the street, I'd have to call a week in advance. They'd have to show up. There'd be a security guard there to meet me at the door, escort me to my car on camera so that they had recording of that transaction. Prepare, guys, because if you're going to be depositing large amounts of wealth from your crypto portfolio into your bank account, I learned this from Cypress when we had him on the show. Call your bank today and figure out how much they're going to let you deposit without that security thing. Not that it's a big deal, right? That security guard meeting you at the door. I think it just goes to show how outdated these things are and how when Obama and these people are talking about crypto, they push us in a very specific direction, Johnny. So what do you yeah. think? Yeah. So first of all, Abs, thanks for telling us that experience. I don't have that kind of money like you have. So I didn't know. I do not have $250,000. <laughs> I just want to clarify. I got no money. Don't worry about it, guys. Don't even, don't even worry. Oh, Abs got, got a big bank account, Mario. I didn't know he had a bank account. Always That's fake right. numbers on good GM. I did you didn't know, Johnny? I knew all along. Yeah, I mean, you guys got all the money. I didn't know. All right, that. be more like, serious. Be more serious. All right, yeah, I got, I'll search back to see if that was great, though. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, um, it's true. You, you, if you're going to end up doing something with a bank, they're going to, they're going to, anything over $10,000 gets flagged. So you can't do anything over 10 grand. It will be, you will be marked, flagged. They'll know what you're doing, where you're going. That's just, that's just fact. Okay. And, 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 and they do it. Because of the whole whole anti-money laundering thing and they're trying to keep track and making sure stuff's legal and legit. So I get that. And what he's trying to say here is that, you know, if you can't do that with crypto, then it makes it where you can certainly be. Thank you, Alexander. Then it makes it something that it can be theoretically you know, we talk about only 1% using crypto. Well, if crypto was something that was not traceable and it was completely uh, impenetrable, then then you'd see a lot more than 1% of it being used for criminal activity. So I think you would see that go up, right? But you are right. They always choose to take the negative side of this narrative today because we do know it is traceable. We can trace it at least to to certain IPs and things like that and to certain people. But I think as everything goes KYC, that'll solve that problem and you will see that coming. Where you know it'll be okay if you want to use it, you got to be KYC or you can't use it. That kind of a thing. That's how you're going to ultimately. That's how they're ultimately going to push to to kind of solve it so that they don't miss out on track tax dollars. But think about this, Abs. If you're a criminal, 
Are you really going to go KYC yourself and then use the blockchain? You're just not going to do that, right? And and so that's why KYC can really work and, and legitimize this space because people who want to use it like we do for just the good of improving our systems, improving uh, lower bottom lines for companies, you create a KYC and people, the majority of people will sign up just like you do with a bank account, right? You give your name, social security number, all that stuff. You do the same thing. And then this could be a legitimized system. And that's how you solve it. So this whole conversation and negativity, you know why, because you said it before, a selective narrative. Mario, what are some of your thoughts? Well, Johnny touched on two things that I was going to mention. Like I, the, oh, these sorry. comments. No, it's all good. Like these comments are are very misleading because we know that the blockchains are public. You can trace them. Now, the one thing that they haven't done yet is KYC. And that, in my opinion, will solve all these things that they keep talking about. Because if they KYC your wallet, they already KYC your exchange. So they know exactly when you're going in and out. But if they KYC your wallet, then, well, now they know every time that you're utilizing your wallet for whatever purpose. So and if they want to, uh, you know, take advantage of that tax that that occurs in your wallet then they have access to it so i think that we are moving in that direction we already have we're already seeing exchanges being enforced to comply with kyc around the world and even though we have wallets that don't require kyc if all the on and off ramps are kyc then that kind of solves their problem so i think you're right abs the they always take it in that direction and it's getting to a point where really the public doesn't know like the public doesn't know that blockchain is is uh traceable that you can see all these different you know activities in in the blockchain i mean you've got blockchains that are private but really how much stuff is really going on in those private blockchains they could probably get rid of them in a heartbeat if they wanted to just simply by enforcing regulation on exchanges guys we got 515 people here show us some love smash that like button and check out this update from the beginning of the show goldman sachs backed finality is going to expand blockchain payments into the usa this company is already having talks with the Federal Reserve and they're backed by the DTCC. So private blockchains are emerging. And Johnny, this is another thing I wanted to address on the show. Earlier this morning, our friend Tony Edward interviewed the Prometheum CEO on his channel. And I'd recommend everybody go and check out that interview. But here was a groundbreaking detail. Prometheum, the only US registered crypto platform, picks Ethereum as its first product. Is anyone surprised? Johnny Crypto, I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's just boring how i mean this used to be surprising it used to be interesting now it's just like get a new playbook right we're like seven years into this thing and the ethereum narrative i feel like it's just getting old but you give me your take on prometheum and their ceo and then we'll we'll close out the show first of all shout out to our man tony he gets the best interviews i don't know how he does tony shout out to you man you're the man uh way to bring in terry silver from cobra kai this is the what uh, we, we talk about here this guy here but you know, at the end, yes, Terry Silver is back. That's right. You know, listen. At the end of the day, apps. I've been telling you for years on this show. It's not what you know; it's who you know. And your man Terry Silver obviously has connections with the SEC. There, he is the first SEC-approved exchange in the U.S. No surprise at all that he chose to to make Ethereum. Um, obviously, uh, one of his first coins on there. I mean, are you shocked? Come on, we all know, according to your man Hinman that this year is sufficiently decentralized, whatever the hell that means, because nobody in the world knows what that means except Inman. But because of that, Ethereum has a free pass as of today. And now this is only going to further solidify it. Think about this. You have an SEC-approved exchange that can list security, you know, list and they're listing ETH on there. So that's very, very interesting. 
Johnny Crypto, I'd love to play this video and kick it to Mario to close out the show. This is John D. in discussing. Is Coinbase going to win against the SEC? I think our friend paints a very optimistic picture here, guys. Coinbase here we go. is being sued by the SEC. You said that their business approved by the SEC is now deemed illegal by the SEC. Are they going to win that case? Ultimately, they're going to win. Uh, they Right now, they have a motion to dismiss. And normally at this stage, a motion to dismiss, as a lawyer, I would tell you, has a 5% chance at best. I put Coinbase is up near the 40% range, which is big for a motion to dismiss. But ultimately, they're going to win. The question is, do they win at the district court level? Do they win at the Second Circuit? Everyone agrees that if it gets to the Supreme Court, the current makeup of the Supreme Court, they're going to invoke major questions. Well, yeah, Gensler, those guys won't even go to the Supreme Court with something like this because they know they should be embarrassed by the court. The, the thing is this, Anthony, you said you own Algo and, and I know you own Bitcoin, right? You're one of 55 million Americans that own this asset class. One out of four adults owned crypto. People in the United States want access to this asset class. And so what we're seeing right now is the control factor. So, so interesting, it's, just, it's, a, it's a great quote, the 55 million. We now think it could be closer to 70 million because of the introduction of the, of the, of the, of the ETFs. Think about that, Johnny Crypto. 15 million new crypto users added in the USA since those stats were done. We only got a couple of minutes, and I want to have enough time to address the live chat, but floor is yours. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Abs, we're growing the space. I told you that the Bitcoin ETF would bring legitimization to this space. I think it's going to happen. And it's only the beginning of it. I think we're going to see more and more growth of it. We also have the the um having coming soon and i think that's when you're going to see even more excitement right now the price hasn't moved right bitcoin's kind of sitting around that 40-ish range 42 whatever when we see that thing heading into the 60s or the 80s boy abs the excitement and talk that you're going to hear about on tv <laughs> is going to be crazy when we start getting into those numbers and we're probably six to nine months away before that happens but nonetheless i think that's when you're really going to see a lot of a lot of excitement and guys you better have an exit plan if you don't Click on the link below. You get a free 30-day trial. It's down there every single day under the video. Make sure you get yourself an exit plan. You get 30 days to try it free. This is what's funny. Prometheum has its license to list securities. So is that not the SEC saying Ethereum is a security? Another interesting conversation from one of our listeners here, Simon Dean. But Mario, I want to close out the show with your opinion. As the results of the live chat poll this morning, 70% of our 409 votes believe we will see Congress pass crypto legislation is that going to have a positive impact on the crypto market? I think we all agree that we are going to see legislation passed, but I'd like to hear 60 seconds here. What do you think the impact will be once this takes place? I mean, depending on the legislation, it could be negative, but it may be one of those scenarios where it's like negative short-term, positive long-term. Uh, I think it's better to have some sort of guidance than having no guidance at all. And so I do hope that we do see, I did vote yes. And I think it's probably going to be most, most likely just stablecoin regulation, but at least we're, we're heading somewhere. Johnny, another important detail when I look at this Bitcoin price chart is Bitcoin drives the market. I and mean, I know we only got a few seconds left here, guys, but think about this. $15,000 to $45,000 during 2023. That is a 3X. We started off this year at about $40,000. We are going into a bullish year. We are going to break all-time highs. And when we break all-time highs in the crypto charts, Google the Fibonacci's. We could see a 2X, 3X, even 4X. That would not be unlikely for many of these assets. So I just wanted to close out the show by pointing that out. Any closing comments here, Johnny? Yeah, because I always thought we'd break 100,000 in the next bull run, 2024 to 2025 timeframe. So I'm looking for that. 
that would put us right around the three X. So we'll see what happens, my friend. Absolutely, guys. And we're going to close this thing out by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Johnny. Thank you to Mario. And thank you to the 496 live listeners. Please show us some love. Smash that like button. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, guys, get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining me.